deep underground the Jelly Belly factory, Bibi is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of Bean Boozled. I've done it again. Is it cappuccino or liver and onions? <laughs> Dare to compare. Bean Boozled, 6th edition. Are you brave enough? Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Sunday uh, from Commerce City, Colorado. I'm Joel James, uh, bringing in. Um, can I go, go ahead and bring on my co-host here, Jared Shuck, as well? Uh, Jared, how are you doing tonight? It's good. I think this is the first time in twenty some odd episodes you didn't plug the actual name of the show. So hey, that's a first. <laughs> that's a first, definitely. There you go. There you go. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to get into actually um, some different things tonight and uh, throughout the coming weeks. Um, something that we're both just really excited about because it'll be a little bit different than. Uh, what we our usual topics i guess we'll just say that um jared if you want to kind of go ahead and just sort of bring them in on kind of what we've got planned i think it's going to be something really special so we have like, like joel and i have always said we have some really cool connections we we've been in this business long enough we know not so much the podcasting but the sports world in general we know enough cool people that we can have people come in and tell stories, give their opinions, do a bunch of cool stuff. We had it with Lorenzo early on in eSports. He's now playing for um, Loyal Marymount and they're on their uh, Overwatch team. Uh, we have we have guys like uh, like Shap who covers the Rapids for Denver uh, for Denver Post. We have uh, we just have a bunch of different people, right? So what we're starting this week and this is a three-part series, so you'll get one this week, next week, and then the week after that as well. It's a three-part series all about the Colorado Eagles. Let's go. Pretty I mean, excited. It, it's, we've been trying to plan this with Scott and CC for a little while, and we're finally able to do it. Everything's kind of settling back down a little bit. Um, but we are, I mean, we are all super excited to be doing this. And yeah. Especially now with the the first topic, obviously, is the new jerseys that both the Abs and the Eagles are coming out with. Man, let me tell you, just <laughs> I mean, just from like a general standpoint, they both nailed it. Um, as far as I'm concerned, but just yeah, and uh, 
also to as far as to what Jared was saying, just also really, really excited just to be working um, and, you know, getting uh, Scott McDonald and CC Hockley on the show. Um, it's going to be really cool reliving some of those uh, memories that we've had and that they've experienced uh, without us that we'll be able to kind of get into. Um, but, uh, but yeah, as far as just this first one goes, just straight up, um, straight up eagles uh eagles memories man uh kind of where it all started it's kind of crazy um easy to think about but sidebar like damn they 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 killed it with the jerseys this year um absolutely killed it and jared even had a kind of a precursor to it on the last uh podcast talking about one of the things he wanted to see uh came back so I, I'm so excited that it came back. Like, I, I don't know what it is about just the Colorado diagonal across the chest. I don't know what it is. Like, like I loved it when our high school hockey ones, we had um, the the cadets across the chest. Those are my favorite jerseys of all time. I don't know what it is about them. It's just something about just screams original. Like, it just it just looks so original. It looks clean. It looks like a hockey uniform. And I, I just, yeah. I don't know what yeah. it is. I, I love the... What what they're calling a sky, uh, the Colorado sky blue. Yeah, that's the collection. Like just mm-hmm. the entire collection, I think is called the Colorado sky collection. Mm-hmm. I, I I love the the sky blue color that they put on these jerseys. The the piping on it looks great. The the home uh, what I assume is going to be the home jersey. I I have no idea. I don't know if they're going to still have the black with the blue and white trim, or they're going to wear the the diagonal Colorados. I don't know. Um, yeah. Just I mean, everything about it, it just looks so, so good. I mean, it's, and it's the same, uh, it's the same affiliate blue too, down to the socks, which is awesome. Um, and you know, for me, I, I just love that the Eagles now represent the abs with that abs patch on the on the left shoulder, man. Like, <laughs> it's a good look. Um, good look indeed. Yeah, I mean, uh, everything that they did with these jerseys just looks like it belongs it, it, you're not going to see anything like it out like anything else like it it was all done very specifically to the eagles i mean everything from how the shoulders look how it mimics the the alternates of the abs jerseys essentially while not being squared off it is rounded um still keeping the same logo they've used since their games in 03 i mean everything about it just looks just it just looks clean and it looks like it was done really really well the the only thing i don't like and this is literally the only thing this is me being picky as shit right yeah on the on the diagonal colorado jerseys they don't have the colorado flag on them now that's been a staple since like 2014 i think is when they started it and fear not jared fear not the i I know the white one has it i'm just saying white white i want the blue one to have it too and i I mean the 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 video they did on it the the job that um phil gladden and his staff did up there on this video is phenomenal they did a phenomenal job 100 percent. i mean oh yeah between him cal I, i mean it just it looks really really good to a T. Um, and yeah, just that, that white jersey too. I mean, it looks clean as well, man. I almost like them better than the home jerseys. Um, 
just because you got the big Eagles patch, and then you still have those accentuated stripes with the affiliate blue to get the Colorado flag, which, which, like you said, you know, I'm a big Colorado flag guy too, as you know. Um, and just like b- both jerseys, man, just bring out uh, you wanted to see. As far as um, I'll definitely be be looking to pick up some new uh, some new Eagles swag here in the near future, and Avalanche stuff too. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> I mean. This this jersey's gotten a lot of good reviews. I mean, across the board, like everything I've seen, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, every, everything's looks like it's been taken very, very well. Um, yeah. I mean, it should be worth noting too that the the jersey that the Eagles won their two Kelly Cups in won their won the Eagles jersey bracket challenge ahead of the alternate from last year, which was like the the play on the Avs jerseys. Yeah, which those were clean too, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's just you can tell that there's it's not so much a rebrand or anything like that this is more of a we're pushing this in a more modern direction we're getting not like like we're still modernizing but still keeping the roots if that makes any sort of sense yeah because you get kind of you know the old school diagonal it it represents you know bringing fans across the across the state basically that's kind of what that represents in the outreach and i mean you get everything um even with the affiliate blue going as far back as as the nordiques days um you know it's as far as an affiliate an affiliate team jersey goes one of the better ones that I've seen so far. Um, and I mean, they had to, had to set up the game a little bit just with, with what the, the avalanche themselves were teasing these past couple weeks. I mean, <laughs> I want to talk about some flair for a sec. I have been waiting for years to see something come back. I am so excited. Like it's not like like you we put it out on the Twitter account or or you did and you and you tagged the the Twitter account. And I like I remember when I saw that and I was like, "Oh, there goes my bank account." Yep. Find one yep. of those. No, that's going to happen now. Thanks. NHL and Adidas. Oh yeah. I mean everything about it, I I the more I just look at it, the more I'm falling in love with it. The the burgundy uh, fleur de lis is what it, I think is what that little symbol is called. I can't remember exactly what it is. I'm probably That's a, I'm probably butchering the shit out of it too. So fleur de lis is the right term. Um, coming from a guy from you know who's been a little bit of a Saints fan just because of my dad's side of the family. Um, that is the cr- correct uh, term for that fleur de lis. Yeah, I mean, the 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 burgundy Fleur de Lis. It's going to be not allowed, not only around the jersey at the bottom, the bottom third of the jersey. It's going to be surrounding the jersey, just like the Nordiques logos used to be. But it's also going to be the shoulder patches. Yep. Like that's so cool to me. Like like we were talking. Oh, well, I think we were talking either last week or we were just texting back and forth. One of the two. Um, we were talking about the purple one. No, no, it was on the Twitter account. I put it on the Twitter account that these purple yeah. ones for Arizona look so sick. They remind me of like a Phoenix Suns jersey and they're, they're just going back to Kachinas and it all makes sense how it's now coming back to that. I mean, this is just one of those where we're watching and going, okay, this is going to be sick. 
Yep, and just with with how they were teasing it too. I mean, it was just because they had the 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 close up shot of the Fleur de Lis, like you were saying. Um, and I just I just love the little details too with it. The uh, the the blue numbers, for example. Um, I love the fact that they kept the affiliate blue, like within the the captain's logo and um, numbers. It adds a great contrast to it, um, as far as the away jersey goes. Then you have the actual, you know, Nordiques logo, you know, reimagined in Avs colors. I mean, it's it's really something else. Um, and there's a little bit of flack actually. Um, I don't know if you saw that from actually from uh, Adrian Dater's. Uh, Twitter account, but there's some Nordiques fans who were not too happy about that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, Nordiques, you know, we are that organization. Um, and, and, and to be fair, I mean, like, like while we're not carrying over the retired numbers, the tradition of put back and everything, keep in mind the Nordiques played in the Colisade of Pepsi in Quebec. Yeah. The abs were playing previously at the Pepsi Center. Everything yeah. kind of stayed in line if you really think about it. Yeah. But I understand where that guy's come from because it's like, well, look, this is our thing. It's you guys have your team. We're still fighting to get ours back. This, that, the other thing. Look, we get it. We do. Okay. It's fine. We understand. At the same time, this is also your history at this point. Because Quebec hasn't gotten their team back. And even if they do, they're not going to get the Nordiques. Because the Nordiques are still technically branded as the Avalanche. So, I understand it. At the same time, I mean, outside of that, there's been really no negative reception about any of these jerseys. Yeah. Uh, And, I mean, just, you know, with all that, I mean, you can't... You can't, I think kind of what you're saying more or less is you can't separate the two franchises. Um, and I mean, just with with what's, you know, what's going on and the history of it, but you know, you can't, you can't talk about both without talking about the greatness of Joe Sackick um, or the Lindros trade, uh, you know, topics like Peter the Great will even come up. Both, you know, all three of those are just, just instrumental to the to to both of these franchises and um when it comes down to it you know the nh you know the rights to them belong to to us in the nhl um i'm so grateful that they i mean i I even put it out in a tweet um earlier today I'm, i'm just grateful that you know we were allowed the opportunity to be gifted you know a team back then and you know i hope in the near future quebec gets their fair shot at a at a relocation or an expansion um but yeah as far as that goes no flack on the jerseys um just just apart from that little spat but uh but yeah man um looking they're just looking so good um and also just the teaser with the camo hoodie too Bro, I want to see what those hoodies look like. Me too. Like, <laughs> I, 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 that's why I literally said my bank account is screwed, right? Like, yeah. I know it's screwed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are just, it, it was a great job on those jerseys. 
across the board and everything about it just keeps getting better and better so excited for them to unveil the um just everything else too um but but what are you uh, before we kind of get into it tonight what are you uh what are you drinking on what are you what, what you sipping on so tonight because i just finished a limited edition by the way these are very good if you have not tried them yet do it uh the winter edition red bulls they're okay. arctic berry they're actually really good okay for um, sure i'd definitely say give those a give those a shot um however on the alcoholic side of me um we have upslope tonight out of boulder colorado there you go um it's one of their uh this one isn't a limited release i drank all the all the limited ones already um it's a rocky mountain cloche so it's uh with like honey and sage i mean it's really good awesome what do you got what about you I just got my um, kind of a staple here recently, the Avalanche Amber. Gone with it again from from Breck. Can't go wrong with it, really. Uh, can't go wrong at all. So it's it's a nice like after dinner brew. You know, have a couple. You are not wrong. Um so we we've talked a little bit about let's let's just get into the main main premise of everything that's going to be spanned over the next three episodes yeah we we talked a little bit about this beforehand and we 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 wanted to talk about what really goes into a uh the the a game what what you guys see is just the actual product is the game game itself there's a lot that goes into the back end right and joel and i have been in the back end of it now for years at this point um joel was with the um the stats and the journalism side of it i was yeah. on the actual event production side of it what what was your normal day what, what did that look like on a game day so i mean the cool the coolest thing about about just a work day with the eagles in general is that you didn't really know what it entailed until you got there until you you know figured out who was there who wasn't there um what positions needed to be filled what needed to get done like uh but as far as what we would do we would help set up the uh the, the media team meals at first so we would help them with catering from you know a handful of the local restaurant sponsors from like kidoba to fuzzy's tacos to just a whole bunch of you know local uh good areas and we'd help set up media team meals really, and, really uh, quick. what was that wing place wing shack that's wing shack, was. Wing was shack. that was good yeah yep um and so we would just help we, we would help set up uh basically just these um catered dinners to where everyone could just like sit back relax kind of chat before the game um you know we kind of helped out with that and then we just ate and dashed sort of we had like 10 15 minutes that we had to you know get on get on with our stuff because you know if we were down there for more than like 13 to 14 minutes kevin McLeod would be walking down you know looking for us and <laughs> That's when you knew, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but that was just kind of to start, you know, helping set up, um, just getting everyone acclimated and really goes to like the family roots of the organization. You know, everyone's there to 
to kind of talk and hang out a little bit before. Um, always kind of nice in my opinion. Um, but after, after those meals, we would basically head up to the press box and, um, just start getting things ready for, uh, for the game and, you know, make sure we had, um, everything good to go as far as supplies up there, made sure the printers and fax machines were all good to go. Um, talked with like the scouts and stuff too, like made sure that they were good to go as far as like setting up their booths up there. Um, and as far as like, there's was, was a lot of just, you know, setting up things and, um, but it was great. Um, you know, at the same time, you know, you're always doing something new for pregame. I mean, there, there was even one time we were so shorthanded, you saw me handing out programs. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it really just depended, you know, wherever, wherever Kevin needed us, that was where we were. Um, at least up until like the last uh, about half hour, 45 minutes before game time. Um, but uh but i'm curious to hear your side of things too as far as like the the production goes and i'll kind of get more into it as far as like what we had to do as we go on but um just kind of for an opening that was uh you know pre-game stuff for us usually so mine was and i know both of ours was like a little bit different because we were both in college still so um there, there was many, many of game days, especially on uh, when the when they had those uh, Wednesday games before three game yeah. weekend. Um, I'd be sitting in class and uh, I, I'd, I'd get a DM on Twitter just to be like, "Hey, here's what here's what they want for warm ups tonight." And I'll be sitting in class going, "Great!" Now I got to download music, so I really got to get on my horse and get up there and make sure I have everything squared away for from my end. And I mean, luckily all my stuff was pretty much already there and ready to go. It rarely ever got taken down if ever. Um, yeah. But I mean, I just had a, I had a little Dell laptop that the Eagles provide with all the music and everything. Um, and I, and I'll, I will forever say I'm very grateful to Phil Gladden to even let me do that because I mean, all he knew was that I <laughs> that I DJed um, high school hockey and the Air Force Academy, and that was pretty much about it. Like that yeah. was that was about all that was on my on my resume at the time. So, um, but he he gave me pretty much full reign to do whatever the hell I wanted. It didn't matter. He's like he's like, look, if you think it's gonna be good, just do it. Let's just do it. It's fine. We'll we'll deal with it later. And there there was very little to it. Um, but I mean, you have to drive up. It's like an hour drive from downtown. Hour and a half sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And we'd have a meeting at five um, with everybody on staff because doors usually opened at six. When playoffs came around, when it was a five thirty doors. We'd meet at four thirty. I mean, everything just got pushed up basically half an hour. And um, and for the, for for those for those fans who showed up really really early, they always heard music going five ten minutes before everything would yeah, start. Yeah. You know, I could always tell too when you were mixing <laughs> when you were doing your, your playlist because it was always just good jams. You know, good warm up jams. <laughs> well, and and the thing was too is that we just had like I had so much fun. Like I still got a bunch of friends who. Um, who, who I still talk to to this day. I mean, um, Dan Walker, who used to work there, Dylan Danatel, a, a bunch of people. Like we would just sit up there and just play music off of my 
my uh, my MacBook just to mess around listening to music upstairs before everyone came in and I'd still have to go through and check all my music, make sure everything's still working. Um, and the, the, the one thing that I always got asked was, look, do you play the same music every time? Well, yeah. It, the, when, when I first got there, the players didn't pick warm-up music. So yeah. after that first season, the 16-17 season where they won the Kelly Cup, in that offseason, I said, I want the players to pick music. I'm sick of picking the music. Because yeah. what I like to listen to is not going to be what they want to listen to. So give me music. And then that transferred into the AHL as well. And now they still continue to do it, whereas beforehand they never did that. Yeah. And th- there was a lot of, it, w- it needs to be this music because of this reason, right? And that now is gone, which is awesome because now the players feel like they have input, they have value and everything else. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they're listening to their songs while they're warming up, you know? I mean... And, I mean, obviously, we, we still had the final say in it, right? We yeah. we had the last say of, look, <laughs> we can't use that. I mean, I had a couple of them that came from in the AHL days um, that came across. And I, I listened to it and said, no, there's, there's no way I'm going to, first off, approve that and second off, play that. Yeah. And then there were some I even heard and went, that's not really going to work, but I'm going to try it. And it actually sounded pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's just a lot of really, really like in, in, interesting parts of it, because not only do we have our meeting, but we go over the entire game script. There's a whole script, sponsor reads um, when we're playing certain graphics, when we're doing certain things. And then you also have the headsets which yeah. we're making calls on the fly at that point yeah. of, yeah. Hey, we want to do this. We want to see that. Okay, great. That's fine. But the entire, the entire night of the game is actually mapped out. And it's, it's really cool to see when everything's mapped out and how well it all really works when there's it no issues, fits. there's no, there's no problems. Yeah. It all kind of fits together like a well-oiled, uh, well-oiled machine. <laughs> Um, everyone just kind of has like what they, you know, what they do and it all just comes together to create it, you know, in my opinion at the Boulder, at the Budweiser event center, um, just, just one of the more electrifying, uh, environments when it's, when it's, you know, full to capacity, you know, those 5,000 plus nights, um, some, man some just just some great memories as far as just the overall atmosphere um i don't know our our position was cool because we didn't really have to do a lot of work during the games it was more so just in the um intermissions we were hustling man um (laughs) but yeah as far as just during the games you know we would each get uh basically just a stat to keep track of as far as you know, goals, power plays, um, shots, stuff like that. And, you know, you couldn't get those wrong. You had to get, you know, the player name and number correct because you were feeding those to, to Kevin, who was doing the play-by-play over the radio. So if you if you messed up, you know, everyone on the radio was getting uh, a bad beat. So you really wanted to make sure that you were dialed in. But, you know, you could sit back and watch. You know, you could sit back and watch for a little bit for sure. Um, but it was fun, man. Just kicking back up there, and um, man, when, once that buzzer sounded, I mean, we actually we would end up usually leaving like five five to seven minutes left uh, in each period to get just the amount of stuff done that we needed to get done. 
Yeah. And like, and, and that's like where like Joel and I kind of differed. So he would be able like, he would have to go and go do whatever it was for like pretty quickly at this before intermission even hit. Yeah. Where I was, you didn't leave. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I would leave my seat like once and that was usually during the second intermission uh, commercials. And I yeah. quickly run out the door, run to the bathroom and run back in. That was literally it. <laughs> like you had no time from this, from the time doors opened until almost every, pretty much everybody was gone that night. I, I, I never left my seat. I, I couldn't. Well, and I never sat down. I stood up during the games. I because I, I didn't like the, the way where we are is where, where I was because I'm not with them anymore. You guys were over then from where we were, right? We were, we were to the right. So we were next to yeah. Kevin. Yeah, so it yeah, went we were... me, Kevin, media, visiting radio. That's, yeah. that's kind of how it laid out. Yeah, so and, we were in the media room. Mm-hmm. And um, where, and we're down in the corner. So you kind of see everything essentially at the same time you could see nothing. It felt like. Yeah. And if you sat down, you had a little ledge about a six inch high ledge that you couldn't see over if you're sitting down throw in there two computer screens one of them's elevated a mixing board uh what it's called a instant replay 360 machine keyboard mouse a speaker for me to hear if i'm previewing a song what i'm playing so i know exactly what it is it's queued up at the right point which is what you would hear a lot before doors even open was me checking everything to make sure it sounded good and so outside that you had to stand yeah. <laughs> like if you, you couldn't see a damn thing it was so bad i mean i always i i didn't ever mind standing during games because like ah this is fine i don't care doesn't bother me but yeah yeah i mean you, you spoke of it earlier and we want to both give we both wanted to give some memories about what uh what we remember best from eagles games and i mean i i there there was there's been so many good ones that's like it's hard to remember all of them essentially yeah yeah i feel you um i start or should i start ah go for it man let's let's hear yours because i've got some mine are both echl my my two favorite memories are both echl memories okay so all right so so you could handle the the echl side of things i could do some ahl memories Mm -hmm. um you know just because you know covid rip and um it was from a couple years ago where you know the eagles were just actual absolutely stacked as a team um so but yeah, one of my main memories that I want to bring up in that AHL season, the, the 2018-2019 AHL inaugural season, um, I mean, you know, they just as a whole, the Eagles notched like 77 points on the year being their first time in the AHL to clinch a playoff spot too. Um, so they did well that, that year, uh, just as a team and on 36, 27 with four overtime losses and, uh, and a shootout loss. Um, but one of the memories that I have that I'm going to bring up is one of the overtime losses. 
Um, the uh, March 23rd game versus the Manitoba Moose. Um, but the reason I bring this up kind of, you know, it has some personal, some personal roots in there for me as well. Um, it was the pot of gold night, which is an awesome night. If you're, you know, if you're working the, the Budweiser event center, a great night as far as what, uh, what all the, um, donations go to and, and everything like that. But it was also the first night that, uh, my mom and dad were able to come up and catch, uh, an Eagles game. Um, so, you know, they got like their seats close to the, to the bar area, that, that Budweiser balcony. Um, and you know, in general, it was a great game. Um, the Eagles, we did end up losing two to three. Um, but it was a game where, you know, it was just, I mean, you could tell it was just a step up. I mean, from the get go. I mean, I remember even when that like i ran into like my parents just like kind of running around doing stuff and then they were kind of coming off the concourse and i ran into my dad actually my dad had like um like a beard too with them and he was like hey like i was like oh gosh like like welcome like you know like can't talk much but um i even remember telling him i was like yeah like so what do you guys think so far and you know my dad first thing he said was uh you know these aren't like air force games joel and he's a big air force hockey guy and he would always take me to uh to air force games when i was a kid um in colorado springs and and i was like yeah it's you know it's a little bit a little bit more charged than that i think is the term that i used and uh no joke like as soon as that happened i think a fight broke out um (laughs) like just behind on the ice between the moose and the, and the, and the Eagles, just like a little pregame scuffle. Um, They're just about to head to the locker rooms, but their helmets off and stuff. And um, just a great game. Uh, LOC and say it was AJ Greer uh, both scored. And then Sheldon Dries was the guy who assisted both of them. So you get, you kind of get to see like some, big name guys for the Avs now, you know, in their starting days with the Eagles, they were still really fun to watch. Really good. Um, and yeah, I mean, 5,200 plus people there that night. And, you know, you experienced every single emotion um, right down to the one point OTL. <laughs> but... <laughs> I don't know. It, it was cool, you know, with my parents there and stuff. Um, them being able to see a game and kind of what the Eagles were all about, um, as far as just them as a hockey team, um, I think it was really cool. And uh, they got to meet uh, Kevin afterwards and stuff. And um, it was a good time, you know. Went to Fuzzy's for some drinks, and you know, just good night overall. Um, when I think about just nights in general and uh, yeah. So one of my top memories has got to be, unfortunately that overtime loss. Um, I'll get into some other ones here that are better, but <laughs> I mean, just as far as like the family aspect, you know, that's, that's really important as far as that story goes. Um, but yeah. Uh, what about you? Man. So first one, so we'll break it up into one and one and one here. 
So first one was, um, it happened across all uh, three of the four rounds in the 17 Kelly Cup playoffs. Okay. Keep in mind, this Eagles team was insane in 2017. Okay. Their 18 team was much better, but their 17 team was so good. I mean, so good. Um, in the where's in, in the first round they played um, Idaho. Yeah, and I think I might have touched on this story once before. Um, the The Eagles won this in five games. It it was more than more or less just kicking kicking through. Um, it was game four up in Idaho, and I, I remember this very vividly because um, we were working a Colorado Crush game, the indoor football team that used to be up there, and. We were just working that game, and and luckily the guy who we were with was was cool, and was like, yeah, you know what? Why don't you turn the Eagles game on? This game's kind of boring. Okay, cool. Works for me. So we turned the Eagles game on, and and the Eagles are down. God, what was it? Five. It was like five two with like two and a half minutes left, or like with like four minutes left. I'm going great. Yeah. Okay, so there's probably gonna be a game six, which means they're gonna be back here. Because now the series will be 2-2, which means they are definitely coming back. Yeah. Cool. Let me not make plans for the 24th of April. Got it. Well, it all of a sudden, it's 5-3 with like two and a half minutes left. I'm like, okay. Cool. Pity goal. Whatever. And then 30 seconds later, it's 5-4. We're going, what the f- Hold up. What do you mean? <laughs> and... I think there's like maybe like a minute left in this football game so we're like okay and so we kind of keep watching and the eagles tie it with nine seconds left at five five and we all just about lost it we're like okay sweet and we know that the game's ending uh the the indoor football game's ending so we're like okay cool it's just let's close up let's turn downstairs let's turn the game on the tv and let's go as we run downstairs they drop the puck for overtime like a minute in, uh, I have it right here. It was at 41, 41 seconds is what it was. 41 seconds in, Alex Belzeal, who's now with Montreal, yeah, scores and wins it. And we're like, oh, what? The? Okay. And then the Eagles end up winning in five. So that was game four. And I was like, okay, that, that was kind of fun. We should do that some more. Um, the, the second round against Allen wasn't as exciting in 2018 it was really it was it was really good um but 17 wasn't that great and then in the western final it was game like i said i have it all pulled up because i i want to make sure i have all my info right um games three and four both went to overtime and colorado took game two in toledo now Keep in mind, Toledo at this at this time was like the team to beat. They were they if they if they advanced past Colorado in the West Final, it it was over. Like Toledo was going to win. Basically, whoever won this series was going to win, and that's how it ended up being. And game game three went to overtime, and Julian Nantel and actually scored the winner a minute twenty in. And right, okay, sweet, perfect. And game four, two nights later, so they played Wednesday, Friday, uh, Saturday. So Friday night, 
That game goes three overtimes. This was one of the infamous three overtime games. I, I said one of because there's a lot. Okay. <laughs> so this one goes three overtimes. There was always one a year where we knew something was, something was going to happen. If it went to overtime, we're going, okay, how late are we going to be here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you just knew it was going to be late night. And I, I remember this one really, really well. Um, so uh, Piero, Casey Piero Zabatel, who was the year before, he was the MVP for the Allen Americans who won the Kelly Cup the year before. He signed with Colorado in the offseason along with Matt Register. We're like, okay, so we're getting some pretty, pretty solid guys here. Perfect, love it. And a guy named Jesse Mitchin walked away like late in the season and went to like Europe to go play or something. I don't remember the whole story, but I think that's what happened. Um, so CPZ scored with like two minutes left, basically. And we're going, okay. Game goes overtime. Nothing. Second overtime. Nothing. <laughs> now we're into the third overtime. It's like maybe I, I legitimately think it was like 10 to midnight. Yeah. On Friday night when um, it was 307, 307 into the into the third overtime in the third uh, overtime frame. And it was just like a broken play in the neutral zone. And I, I remember Garbowski picks up the puck and I'm watching this going. He's one on one. He's face up. He's probably going to use him as a screen and just throw something on goal. Just something, anything. Who knows? Maybe it goes in. Who knows? And it beats the Toledo goalie up over the glove. And that building erupted still with maybe like 4,000 people inside. Yeah, which still. I, I, mean, still. I mean, a bunch of people. I mean, a bunch of people went home already yeah. because it was damn near midnight. <laughs> and the place went bananas. And that was they had like fireworks inside the building, too. It was, it was pretty cool uh, that. And I remember like, I was like, OK pretty damn loud well then colorado turns around the next night and wins 6-3 like no big deal and goes to the final so and i was just like okay thank god i'm not working on my birthday that's all i cared about i was like thank you i'm not working on my birthday this year <laughs> thank you christ um and then in the finals game one went to two overtimes but oh, man. Uh, but and i i touched on this last podcast because we said we'd want to do this and I touched on it a little bit. So I, a long time ago, I wrote a piece for Mile High Hockey. Um, and I, I talked about this game in particular. It was May 26th, um, 2017. And so they were playing South Carolina, and um, South Carolina is the affiliate of the Capitals. And there's, there's, a goal, there's a goalie named Parker Milner. This dude is legit. I, I mean, give him probably another year or two, you'll see him in the NHL as a backup. And then probably after that, a starter. He's that good. I can't make it up. He's that good. He's single-handedly the only reason South Carolina is anywhere near the final. And I, I remember um, South Carolina scores like late in the third, and it makes it 2-1, and we're all going, oh, hell, here we go. What's going to happen now? And the, the Eagles get, um, they, they, they basically pin South Carolina in their zone so long that they're able to pull the goalie, Lucas Hafner, at the time with like two minutes left. Or no, not two minutes. It was like, it was like maybe like 90 seconds left. 
They yank Hafner, and it's just constant, constant, constant pressure. Well, there's a stoppage with about 15, about 20 seconds left. And yeah. um, uh, Schneekloth burns his timeout, and we're, we're just all watching. And keep in mind, there's easily 5,200 people in there. Everyone's standing. No one, there's the, uh, like 52,000 people in every seat's empty, right? It's yeah. just crazy. And there's just, there's a mad. Uh, the Eagles win the draw. They go, they go up, they go D to D, and they start kind of filtering. They try to start filtering a shot through. Uh, it gets blocked. Um, Piero Zabatel was the guy who got the first shot off. Well, it gets blocked, and we're going. And I'm seeing the puck laying there, and we're all we're, we're like we're basically one eye on the puck, one eye on the clock, going how much time is there? <laughs> because we know <laughs> it's close. And then all of a sudden, Matt Reg or not Matt Register, Matt Garbowski jumps out of a freaking pile. And slams it home with two with like two point four left, and the place just blows up. Yeah, and that was the loudest I'd ever heard that building. A hundred percent. Like, I I can if I need to ramp up my music, I can ramp up the music. I couldn't hear the goal horn. <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah. Like it There's... was that loud in there. You couldn't hear it. And I know exactly, man. Like, I, oh, like, and then key, and then this game goes to two overtimes, and yeah. the Eagles get a power play, and they send it up high to the eventual playoff MVP, who is Matt Register, who's now in the Rangers organization. Mm-hmm. Sends it up high, and he just unloads a point shot that the puck has eyes and finds its way through, and blasts it, yeah. And the rest after that's pretty much history. I mean, they sweep the final, and I mean those. I can just see those like so vividly in my memory because I just remember like how loud it was and like, like my little brother has, uh, this is for the next one. My little brother sent me videos cause he went to the 2018 Western conference final game seven. Cause I got him tickets for it. Very and cool. Like he has like all these videos he sent me. I mean, dude, there was uh, just so much, so many of these things. I just I remember and go, holy hell, this was like just some of the coolest things ever. Yeah. Wow, man, and yeah, definitely. You know, just to to go off on how truly deafening I can get in that building. Um, when something like that happens um especially when you bring in you, you know you bring into flummocks like the the cowbells that people can bring in which has been a staple since the team's founding and i mean it gets it gets deafening then um it reminds me of actually just kind of going um a little bit off topic here but not really um but mississippi state's atmosphere um you know, down south is an SEC football stadium. They can bring in cowbells as well. Um, and, and, you know, you think, you know, 5,000 cowbells is loud. Wait till you hear 50,000 cowbells. Um, even if it's in an outdoor arena, you won't be able to hear for two days. Um, <laughs> but Dude, I remember like my ears so cool. ringing for days after cowbell night. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like, like I remember Cowboy Night like, on Cowboy Night, we would literally go into the video production room and grab earplugs. Yep. Because it's just it's too loud. Yeah, and then you would just have those fans that would 
you know, that would bring in many ways. <laughs> um, my shaw man hats off to those people, all those beautiful people. Um, but yeah, I guess just going off on that, on that win, I'll bring it to an AHL win. Um, one of the, the fonder memories that, um, that I have, but it was a February 13th. Um, again, uh, I think overtime, yeah, overtime win against the, uh, San Diego Golds. And this was a game that had, I mean, just being able to to watch it up there and hear um, Kevin's call of the game too, as it was just happening, because um, the Eagles went up four one the first two periods, and um, you know it was when they were making kind of like their playoff push to secure their seed in the West. Really quick, um, what year was this? Series. This was uh, 2018, 2019. I remember. Oh my god, I remember this game. I think, I think you. Were I was working this game, which is why this I was still when I was up. working it. Oh my god, I forgot yeah. about this one. Yeah. So I mean, you remember? Oh man, let's go. Um, let's go. I was hoping you'd pick up on that um, because uh, yeah, because yeah. it was. Um, oh shit! It it was San Diego, and I can't remember who the goalie was. Um. But the the night before, he just like he'd stonewalled us. Oh yeah, it was just he, it, was, it was a joke. We were like, man, it was like three yeah. nothing. He like we couldn't yeah. get anything by him. And then the next and then the next night, like I, I God, if I remember this correctly, it was like three, it was like three shots, three goals, and they yanked him and put him the backup. Or it was like or it was like four on like six shots, and they yanked him. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. And I mean, it was just like. Man, that team too. I mean, can we just talk about that team just for us? I mean, that team was incredible. Um, I mean, to open it up, you had Warsawski score <laughs> to open things. So you knew, you're like, okay. Like, and it was pretty early. So you're like, okay, like, here we go. Um, this is 1,000% better than, than the other night. <laughs> so you had Warsawski score. Um, you know, man, Andrew Agazino basically makes it 2-1. He goes top right shelf. Um, and Scott Kosmachuk off a power play goal makes it 3-1 off the same thing, just full, like, left corner shot off the... Um, just off the let the left top left top shelf there, um, one, and then Agazino again makes it four one off a of steal and score basically. Um, so it was four one, you know, like you said, pretty rapidly in succession, and yeah, just man, hearing hearing the glues call to just as it was happening. Um, cause the Eagles were up four, one in a hurry, bro. And that was like one of the coolest things to see as far as, um, just overall what happened in that game too, because then we gave up the lead is, you know, with like five minutes left in the third, they sent it to overtime basically at that point. Um, then in the overtime you get Nick Maloche 
who gets the game winner. And I remember him taking it and, you know, he fell. There was um, kind of like there was a, there was a, a fight too that kind of changed momentum in favor of the goals. But you'll remember it too because you were there um, for sure. But uh, Sam Carrick, the guy from uh, the San Diego Goals, actually fought uh, Cody Bass, where both their helmets were off for a little bit. Um, I think you I think you might remember that one too. Um, but you, you had just everything, you know, everything in that game. Man, dude, I. I, I had to go back and like pull up the highlights because I could not find the box score on it. <laughs> but like I, I remember that game so vividly now. Yeah, yeah. Because now I'm like, oh, that's right. This did happen, and that was absolutely insanity. Like, that was crazy. yeah, that was nutty. I mean, there's like between that and then, I mean, everything else too that happened that year. Yeah. I mean, that that was Frankie's first season in North America. Coming in, we didn't know anything about Frankie, right? We're going, who is this guy? And now Frankie's a household name. Everybody knows him. I mean, everything's just, it's pretty straight up and straightforward at this point. Um, yeah, man, I was, I remember that one really well. Now that you say it, it was actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Just, you know, just a great game. Yeah. Like <clears throat> there's just so many good ones. <laughs> oh man. And then, I mean, now really quick, I'm just going to jump into mine too as well. Um, 2018 for the Eagles, that was kind of the year that everyone knew that Colorado was going to be really hard to beat. Um, Colorado finished with 102 points, one of their highest point totals ever. Um, pretty sure it was actually, it was more points than they had the year before. And um, they were only three points behind Toledo, who won the Central again. So, and I mean, it was basically between Colorado and Idaho of who was going to win, who was going to win the Mountain Division. And I mean, really, had they been in any other division, they would have been pretty pretty well off too. But they would have secured a spot a while back. I mean, they secured one in like early, early, early March. To the point yeah. where we're like, yeah, that's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, but I mean, round one was so uneventful. I mean, it still went six games, but it really wasn't that interesting against Wichita. Um, round two against I against Idaho. I, I mean, the second they beat Idaho, there I was like, yeah, they're fine. Game over. Yeah, they're fine. Um, the 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 biggest test where even we all got really really worried was the West final um, against yeah. Fort Wayne. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot that happened in this series. Um, Colorado won game one in overtime. Well, in the morning skate of game two, 
one of the Fort Wayne players jumped Gabriel Verpast. During the pregame skate, while he while while the Fort while the Fort Wayne guys were on the bench, just hanging on the bench, and the Eagles were skating, yeah. suckered Gabriel Verpast from the bench, and everything went to hell. Like it, this was something like the weirdest shit I've ever seen in my life. I've ever yeah. heard in my life. Um, so after the first two, because I usually do a, a two three two, um, in the in the EC, just for travel and money and everything like that. Um, they do a two three two. Well, Colorado takes game one, then drops two and three. Well, they come back for game six, up three two, and or yeah 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 they come back and they're up three two, and we're going okay cool. This is fine. Like, like whatever, not a big deal. This is, it's going to be, it's going to be fine. The power play has been horrible. Like this, this team's power play reminded me so much of Colorado's this year. It was just so, it was so good, but just couldn't get anything done. It was the weirdest thing. And well, Fort Wayne drops or Colorado drops uh, game, game six on my birthday, no less. So that was fun. Um, so Colorado drops game six and we know we got game seven the next night and this was like one of the years where like I was like really heavily involved with like the video staff and everything else like that and um, actually really quick to backtrack before I get into this game seven story because this is literally the story um, yeah in that 16-17 season Colorado rattled off a 17 game win streak it got to the point where Phil, who's my boss, and I would literally text each other the day of the game and say, so what about this song for tonight? Without saying anything. Knowing that if they're going to win, we need to have something else. Well, on 17, we picked the song 17 by Bruce Springsteen, which was also Todd Helton's walk-up song. Yeah. And I just remember, like, I remember like every single song that we picked. It was just one of those weird things. Um, Thank God they didn't go to 18 because we didn't have anything for 18. <laughs> we had nothing. Um, but for... Um, but that game seven, so the, one of the weirdest things was Colorado's power play had been so bad. Yeah. Go, going into game seven, they were one of 22 through six games like horrible numbers right yikes yikes and we knew that was bad anytime they went on a power play we're going oh this is a waste of two minutes of our lives so move on what's gonna happen next well um fort wayne goes up uh 2-1 in the third we're like okay or no two nothing in the third we're like okay here we go yeah. Um, and then. Or no. Yeah, no, it was 3-1. It was 3-1 is what it was. And then I don't remember. Um, I think Garbowski scored. Yeah, Garbowski scored on a backdoor tap in. With like seven minutes left or something. Well, two and a half minutes left. There's a three on two rush. And I want to say it was Nantel, actually. Nantel feeds over across to um, Joey Rattel. And Rattel just unleashes a wrist shot to the far corner, and it's and it's three three, and we're going okay. 
well, Colorado's won both overtime, so we should be okay. Or we're due for a loss in this overtime. Yeah. In, in this year, it, the entire 2018 Kelly Cup playoffs, Colorado was 7-2 and two in the playoff, in overtimes. I, I, you would take that any day of the week. Any day. Oh, yeah. Like, like, like one of those two losses came in the Kelly Cup final to... Uh, to florida and the other one came in the first round against wichita so i mean outside of that there was really nothing there well colorado goes on a power play after one of the after one of uh the fort wayne players runs joe canada and immediately we're going two minutes great terrific whatever this is gonna be fun well Register headmans the puck up to Ryan Olson, and mm-hmm. he was acquired at the deadline from Utah, which is all now really funny because we're all the affiliates now. Yeah. Um, the acquiring from Utah, and so he, he gets the puck and takes it over the line. He's going down the right wing side toward the Zambonian, so the north end. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> Rattel's drive in the middle, and um, the pass is intended for him. Well, it ends up just going off of the goalie for Fort Wayne. And then Ryan Olson just ends up hammering it at home to win it overtime. And that might've been one of the greatest calls I've ever heard from Kevin McGlue. Yeah. But like bar none. And I've heard some pretty good ones from him. That might've been his best. And like, I, I remember so vividly that going in that like we were all just so amazed it went in because this was literally a seven game series where we were not sure if that was going to happen. Yeah. And because the last team to go back to back was um, the Allen Americans, like I think it was like five years earlier. So then Colorado advances and they go to, and they play Florida. Well, while Florida is technically the, the, uh, the league, the regular season league champion, they can't they host really, it. Yeah. They can't host, so Colorado's got to host the first two. And then they play yeah. three there, one and one. It's fine. It's a two, three, one. It was the weirdest thing. Um, well, in game one, Colorado wins three to one. The thing that nobody talks about that I told you, like I, I found it and, and sent it to you. Toward the end of game one, Gabriel Verpast lit up uh, um, Florida's leading scorer and the second leading scorer of the playoffs, uh, Michael Kirkpatrick. I mean, blew him up. Completely blew him up. Clean hit, completely clean as, clean as a whistle. Knocked him out. And that kind of set the stage for the rest of the series. Well, in game two, because this will all circle back into the game, into game seven, I promise. In game two, uh, Michael Hurd from Florida. I don't remember why. I don't know why I remember these names so well. I, I, it just blows my mind. I, this, even on Wikipedia, it doesn't show me box scores, so I'm literally going pure <laughs> off memory here. Yeah. yeah. Um, Michael Hurd scores with like 45 seconds left in game two against Kanata and puts his hands up to his ears, like, just like, like, like I can't hear you kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And so Florida takes that one. Well, then, so it's 1 1 heading to Florida. Caro takes game two in overtime. Florida takes game four when they were up five, six to, uh, they're up six, three with like 10 minutes to play and <clears throat> blew that lead while they still won in overtime. And then they win game five. So Colorado's in a do or die game six at home in Loveland. Yeah. And so they come out and they actually end up, they end up winning that game. Well, that's great and all. Now we got to go to game seven in Florida. 
the game was sold out in less than an hour. I, I mean, this this building was actually like extremely raucous in Florida. Yeah. And the Eagles held a watch party um, at the event center where I think it was like two, three thousand people showed up. And um, so we're all there. And I I remember this. So the same guy gave over past. Right. So he he's the main catalyst from game one. Yeah. Well, the Eagles are on a penalty kill late in game seven. And it's just a it's a weird, just a weird, weird, weird three on one. Rattel drives the net and St. Amont sends a pass. I think it was St. Amont or is Gar- no, it was Garbowski. Garbowski sends a pass across to Verpast. And Verpass ends up beating um, the ever the uh, Everblades goalie five hole. With like 90 seconds to play. Well, he scores, turns around, and does the exact same shit <laughs> that the Florida player did in game two. Yeah. It was like poetic justice almost. Right? Yeah. Because you're yeah. just like, wait, that just actually happened? Okay. <laughs> and like I remember like inside um BC, because like we were playing music and everything and we had the game audio and everything. Well, we were using the goal horn every time the Eagles scored. Yeah. And I remember that time they were like, I kind of keep it a little bit lower. I was like, nope, not happening. I just, it was so loud. And, um, (laughs) it was just like, it was just one of those games where like you watched it in person, like you watched it on a TV essentially, but you were still watching it in person. You're like, I cannot believe I just saw that happen. Yeah. And, oh, there was just so many like, like teddy bear toss nights were always cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was one. There was one year where they thought it was going to be overturned. <laughs> yeah, really? yeah. Like like the puck like didn't like cross the line, or there was like goal interference or something. Like it was just so weird how. Um, it seemed like they're like, oh yeah, like like this could get overturned, and we're going, oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those crazy ones. But I mean, like, like you can go on YouTube and still watch like all the uh, like all like, the intro videos and everything from those playoff runs. Um, the the AHL one, their first year in the AHL and they make the playoffs, which this year. And this is the only reason why this is weird. Had there been an AHL playoffs this year, the Eagles would have been in it. The Eagles have not missed the playoffs in their 17 year history. Yep, one of the few franchises, I think one of the only franchises to do that. CHL, um, ECHL, and AHL, AHL have never missed. And yeah, like Jared said, they had 72 points this year before the shutdown, well on their way um, to a playoff spot. And you just get so many stories of success with with a, with an organization like the Eagles. Um, and you know it's cool too because you, know, you do think about everything that goes on um, behind the scenes to make those moments really pop in the eyes of the fans. Um, thing you know, as far as from from what you guys were doing, from from what we had to do, you know, top to bottom, the entire organization. Um, like I even remember, like in, in the 
in the intermission periods, you know, we would we would do is we would compile um, stat packets for scouts and then the actual uh, teams. So we'd be running around that that top level basically, um, you know, going to the to the office officials and. Um, just getting uh like like usb drives and and stuff from various points of the arena and then you you basically come back into that media room um upstairs and compile everything into these big packets and cal was huge with like what he was doing with all that i mean he made everything just super smooth and um but basically we just have these uh these glorified stat packets of everything as far as like players like everything every little tidbit you can think of as far as like if you're like an like an analytics nerd or like a stats geek um it's like a paradise um and you basically run those to um the actual refs and then the, the coaches and the people that are actually you know, scouting certain players for teams. So you'd interact with, you know, Av scouts, um, you know, basically nightly there as well as uh, scouts from other teams too, um, because you were dealing with everyone, not just the Eagles. And you know, right into you know marching into home and away lockers after the games. Um, truly, just an experience that. I mean, as far as just like a an organization goes, like like you were saying, I mean, I feel so so blessed to be a part of it. Um, you know, they they're always building something special in Loveland, um, right up until this year. Uh, yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, just you know, all the the hard work and um, everything that goes into to making those games what they are you know you you make you establish some lifelong friendships in there too um it's just really cool to to be a part of all of it uh in my eyes so yeah and really quickly i forgot one thing from that 2018 run yeah yeah before game two there was a fight in warm-ups i completely forgot about it I mean, full-blown brawl. It's a common theme tonight. <laughs> like that was We've insane, about dude. Three, four times. Yeah. Like three, four I, times. I was like, "Damn, like, that's damn." <laughs> like I can't believe I forgot about that. But yeah, I mean, Joel and I were extremely lucky to be to do that for as long as we did. I mean, like I'd love, like I would love to go back out there and do it again. Oh, I, I would too. I'd I mean, love to go back, especially and hearing games. like all the all the news about them starting up to for AHL play. Um, this gets me excited, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like I'm hoping they get started up. Obviously, everyone's really concerned that they won't. So, I mean, you, I mean, you can, you guys can like literally go on YouTube and find like all the all the hype videos, like. There were so many really good videos Some um, gems. that yeah. were produced, and I mean, there was just so many really, really cool things that happened during uh, during those few years that we were all there. Yeah, yeah, very cool. It was definitely there was definitely a certain culture involved 
um, it just made you feel welcome. Yeah, I mean, I mean, welcome is one hundred percent the correct word, and I mean, you ever get a chance to get up to eleven and go look at go watch a game? Trust me, it's it's worth it. Do it. It's yeah. way worth it, especially if you're an Avs fan. Um, just because you know they are the affiliate team, a lot of good guys develop um, in that Eagles organization, and you watch them develop. And you watch what they're building down there too. And we've we've touched on this in previous podcasts. But there's a reason why the Avs are as good as they are, and it's not just because of good trades and high draft picks. Um, you know, our our farm system is one of the best in the league, um, and it just shows. You know, right down to guys like Connor Timmins and. Kevin Connaughton and guys that are playing big playoff minutes this year for the Avs. You know, we got to see those guys basically grow up in the AHL along with stalwart dudes like Michael Jolie, who was just absolutely so much fun to watch. Um, he was a great. lot of fun to watch in, in the, in the ECHL too. I, I mean, he oh. was a lot of fun. He, he tore it up in the ECHL, man. He scored, I, th- I think it was his second year in the ECHL, he scored 41 goals out of, Qu- out of the Quebec Major Junior League. Um, I mean, he was awesome. I mean, and just speaking of the development, we talked about him when we talked about the Devon Taves and everything else. Have you seen what's going on with Alex Bucage? Dude, he is going <laughs> off right now. He had a goal night two nights ago. Oh yeah, he. I think he had all of their points, or was was a part of all of their points as 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 a team. Mm-hmm. I think was from what from what I had heard. He had a four goal night, and one of them was the overtime winner. Yeah, but you just love it, man. Um, <laughs> it was just like love it. Jesus, how the hell? Yeah, I mean, just like some guys, like off, you know, off the top of the head, you know. Andrew Agazzino, Mark Alt, Mark Barbario, uh, Cody Bass, Antoine Bibeau, um, Shane Bowers, Connaughton, Sheldon Dries. I mean, all those guys were killing it together. Um, man. And you also had your good friend uh, Tyson Jost there as well for a little bit anyways but but yeah just a great organization to watch players develop in um in my opinion and when when they you know if they do start back up you know they've they've been talking there have been talks about it um man it would be cool to get you know just back involved with that uh organization for a little bit but um they had great run while, while i was working for him anyways yeah i mean any uh any sort of closing thoughts here i mean obviously we're going to spend a couple more a couple more uh episodes on the on the eagles so i mean any any other things that you think of from your time there or even just even going to games in general um, 
Kidobanite was always my favorite just because of the massive amounts of queso that we always used to get <laughs> um, for the for the media for the media meals. Um, but yeah, just I don't know, just kind of in closing, um, in closing, and, and with this being you know a three-part series we're going to get pretty deep into this which really been looking forward to doing um it's one of the main reasons why jared and i kind of started this in the first place like we wanted to talk about um our experiences with you guys uh and just to to kind of put a nice neat little bow on it it was such just a cool just one of the best environments that you could ever possibly go to in a workplace. Um, for me, you know, if, if I could have, you know, as far as work in gen, you know, if you're getting paid to watch Eagles hockey, I mean, that, that is like, like while I was doing it, I was, it, it still felt like it was like kind of surreal, you know, and that's always going to be kind of the, the feeling that I have, when, when I look at it, it's just a whole bunch of surrealness because, you know, you see what you're doing day in, day out, you know, you with everything from the production side of things with me with dealing with more, um, you know, just face to face, like people around the, the event center. Um, I even just remembered like uh, pregame stuff where we would have to you know, go down, get all the player cards from all the different refs, and then we would actually have to be, you know, out on the ice for a little bit, um, giving those player cards to, uh, to like the respective coaches and um, making sure it was stamped that, you know, everything was all good to go and stuff. And when you're just out there on the ice, you know, ice level, looking around at an arena that's that's filling up a little bit and you know it gets all dark and um you know as you're leaving basically to walk back up to the booth you start hearing hearing all the pregame pump up stuff and like i would just always smile man like walking up the stairs i would always just get this big grin on my face because you you were always working for something that was bigger than yourselves and that embodiment was this Eagles team, you know, this scrappy franchise that literally does not know how to lose when you compare them to other franchises in the U.S. Um, and it was just so cool. Uh, I'll kind of leave it at that. I, I, I could talk about that all, I mean, 24-7, man. Um, so in closing, just kind of the surrealness to it was so cool to be a part of. Um that and your boy's going to be six and four in fantasy. Got another W this week against Adam Gherkin, six and four on the road to the playoffs. But kind of just had to get that off my chest, too. Um, I was bugging him for a trade, man. If, if I would have traded him the player that I would have traded him, he would have won this week. So that's on that's on him. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, what about you, brother? You know, like it's you're you're not wrong. I mean, like just like like walking like down in in the tunnels, um, yeah. Of BEC. I mean, those are just there's like a lot of really fun memories. I mean, and like I said, like the cool connections you make, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. 
Boozy, Cal, um, Reed Saunders. I mean, like, you know, like we could, there's a list, like there's a legitimately, there's like a whole list of people that we could go down and just like go down the list and just be like, wow, that was actually really cool. We met all these people and everything from playoff games to pot of gold to military night, hockey fights, cancer. I mean, teddy bear to I, you name it. There was always something cool. And yeah, I mean, like we were just like, like I said, we were extremely blessed and very lucky to work for an organization like that in such a cool, cool venue that had we not worked there, we would have had no idea about. Yeah, it, it was like it was like the hidden gem of Colorado sports. Yeah, it kind of encompasses just you know Colorado hockey, um, just the grittiness of it. You know, it, it has that small town vibe with the professional team. And yeah. that's probably the coolest part about it. A hundred percent. And I mean, you'll, you'll never hear either of us say a bad thing about the organization or the people there because everyone was always awesome. Yeah. Top to bottom. Everyone was awesome. So, but, uh, I know we went a little bit long again, sorry, but, uh, uh, be on the lookout for part two. Uh, next week we're going to have, uh, Scott McDonald from Colorado Hockey Now and uh, CC Hockley from Sinbin uh, Sinbin Eagles. They're going yep. to uh, come on in and kind of just give us a, a little bit of a lowdown of some of their their favorite moments, and then uh, we'll see. Uh, and then in, probably in part three, we're going to talk a little bit more about the development and how everything looks in Utah and just some stuff they're hearing from uh, from the inside. Yeah, yeah, and really excited too, just to get both of those guys on. You know, both of those guys, like Jared said, have been. You know, that's that's been a direct product of getting able of being able to work at these venues. Um, you know, being able to uh, to hear their side of things as well as far as the stories that they have. I am really looking forward to it, and what should be a great uh, great part two to this little mini series we got going. And I would definitely say keep an eye out because we might we're going to start doing a lot more of these interview type deals. Not so much as just kind of talking. But we're going to try and get some more interview stuff going. I know we're talking with a couple other people right now to see if we can get uh, some stuff in the works. So yeah, uh, definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, if you haven't yet, follow us on Twitter at Mile High Pundit. Obviously, we plug it every single time. But every single time we kind of have to. It's about the only way we grow. We are. T- about 10 followers away from hitting 100 so we're trying to see if we can hit that get that knocked out quickly uh if you guys do enjoy this drop us a uh a subscribe on apple Podcasts and spotify like i said we will be doing this for the next three weeks nothing but eagles talk which is a little bit different so um we're excited to to bring on uh two very knowledgeable people in the hockey world and people who do know quite a bit about um this franchise and uh, everything that's been going on over the last few years and we're just really excited to sit down and just talk with them and see and just kind of pick their brains on everything that they see going on and what they feel is going right what's not going right and everything else in between so so yeah uh guys like i said thank you once again for listening uh we really do appreciate it call your family call your friends tell them you love them i just went and had dinner with my parents with my dad this tonight so i texted joel on the way back and i was like hey let's do it um yeah but we really do appreciate it. Uh, call your call your folks, call your friends, tell them you love them. Uh, COVID restrictions are not getting any easier in Colorado right now. 
So um, no, sir. We're, we're trending back towards another shutdown. So things are getting a little bit crazy. But uh, you guys been listening to Mile High Pundit Podcast. We'll see you here next week with guests. Scott McDonald and CC Hockey. I'm in the studio cooking up music cause I know I never got time to waste This is a decision I gotta make, made it here I can't stop now Had to make what I got now, this the life I chose Seen the highs and lows, I've been getting what I want now Deep underground, the Jelly Belly Factory, Bibi is in her secret laboratory creating the weird and wild flavors of Bean Boozled. I've done it again. Is it cappuccino or liver and onions? <laughs> Dare to compare. Bean Boozled, 6th edition. Are you brave enough?